0: on Local Now Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, April the 25th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On April 25th, 1945, that was during World War II, the U.S. and Soviet forces linked up on the Elbe River was a meeting that dramatized the collapse of the Nazi Germany's defenses. Today in 404 B.C., the Peloponnesian War ended. Athens surrendered to Sparta. Today in 1507, a world map produced by German uh, cartographer Martin he contained it, it contained the first recorded use of the term America. He had created the map in honor of Italian navigator Amerigo Vespucci, the first American. Today in 1859, I know, I know, he was not indigenous. Today in 1859, ground was broken for the Suez Canal. Today in 1862, during the Civil War, a Union fleet commanded by Officer David Farragut, it captured the city of New Orleans. Today in 1901, New York Governor Benjamin O'Dell Jr., he signed an automobile registration bill that imposed a 15-mile-per-hour speed limit on the highways. You had to drive slower than that in town. That would really cramp some people's style today, wouldn't it? Some of us even involved in this conversation as we speak. 15 miles an hour on the highways. Today in 1901. Today in 1945, delegates from 50 countries gathered in San Francisco to organize the United Nations. Today in 2019, former Vice President Joe Biden entered the Democratic presidential race. He declared that the fight against Donald Trump was to be a battle for the soul of this nation. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about President Biden in a minute. Yesterday, as I was going off or coming on the air, I had heard someone mention just briefly or had seen it actually on online that Tucker Carlson was no longer with Fox News. That's a big deal. So I mentioned it to you. I I told you at the time, as we were coming on the air, I I didn't know anything about it, but I had just seen that, and it was a kind of a reliable source. Well, the reliable source was Fox News. I didn't get into that because I didn't know anything about it. Well, since yesterday at this time, as we originate live at 9 a.m. on ACN Station, some of you are listening a little bit delayed today. But uh, we now know a little bit more about it, but it's still not a lot. But it did happen. He's gone. Uh, they announced Monday morning, Fox News announced Monday morning, just about the time I got off the air live at 9.30 yesterday morning, that the media company host Tucker Carlson and, and uh, the Fox News had had agreed to part ways. It was a significant shakeup to Fox News channel, their primetime lineup, their, their ratings has been a, a juggernaut. Uh, I mean, it's been unbelievable. Uh, Hannity and Tucker Carlson and The Five, I don't know if you watched that or not, but it's those are the three top-rated shows, and there's others that are, are close and don't have a couple of million or more people watching them. But generally, those three, are. Uh, Laura Ingram is is highly rated, but not at the level that hennedy and and carlson has been so that was a big story and i knew it but i just didn't know you know what the deal was well the deal now is that uh the channel channel became the number one cable network in the united states it's the most watched tv news channel for more than 40 uh, 20 years well and beyond that the the party of Carlson in the network was done so strangely. I mean, I, it, it was hard for me to, to really understand. They just announced on yesterday on Monday that Carlson's last program was Friday, the 21st, this past Friday, meaning that there wouldn't be any farewell. There wouldn't be any last show. It's been nice to be with you. None of that. They wouldn't let him on the air anymore. So that, of course, attracted not only my attention but the attention of a lot of people. But uh, you have to reflect a little bit. Uh, the person that had put out the the me- the, the news um, message on this was Harris Faulkner. She's a a black lady. If you may have seen her, very articulate, very smart. I like her a lot. And she has a show on uh, on Fox. And she's on a couple of other show on other shows on Fox as well as part of a group uh, talk thing. But anyway, she uh, got a memo. All the employees did an internal memo, and including herself of course. And it was just saying that we thank Tucker Carlson for his service and blah blah blah. He's gone. So she just read the announcement on her show live on Fox, and that's what broke the story. I don't. Think Fox had told them to keep it, you know, confidential. But nonetheless, she didn't, and so she read it on her show, and that's what I saw just before I went on the air yesterday. So that was what we knew at the time. We don't know a lot more about it now, except you just leave yourself wondering. He uh, Carlson hasn't said anything about his departure from Fox News Media yet, not that I've seen as of nine o'clock this morning. But he was interestingly enough. He was the featured keynote speaker at the Heritage Foundation's 50th anniversary celebration over the weekend. In fact, he was there Friday night. He was the main keynote speaker. They had, I don't know, several thousand people. I I watched the video last night, and he gave a a tremendous speech. I mean, it was entertaining. It was very um, insightful. But anyway, Carlson worked there at one time years ago at the Heritage Foundation. So he has that relationship with them as well as just his uh, influence as on television or has had. That is now gone for the moment. But nonetheless, he uh, in giving his speech uh, near the end of it, he reminded the audience that and I'm quoting him. This is Tucker Carlson Friday night as his last TV show was playing on the air, they pre taped them a little a little before they come on, most of them at least. He said, Nothing is permanent except for our own demise and God. Very interesting. I don't I wonder did he know something was up at that time? I mean I'm sure there's been, you know, a lot of kind of you know back and forth around there, I would imagine. But did he know? I I'm thinking he didn't know. He didn't look like he was stressed. I was kind of analyzing him while I was watching it, but no, nonetheless, he, uh, he he made that comment. And interestingly enough, when he finished the speech, the uh, the president of uh, Kevin Roberts, the president of Heritage Foundation, he referred to the fact that Tucker had worked there a long time ago at the Heritage Foundation. And he said, he looked at him and they all laughed. He looked at him and he said, if things ever go south on Fox News, there's always a job for you here at Heritage. So you can make of that what you will, but that's what I know about what's happening. There, every news organization today is writing um, opinions on what happened and what Tucker should do and so on. It, it's a big deal for a number of reasons. One, of course, the obvious is that a lot of people listen to Tucker Carlson. He makes sense. He's, he's brilliant. It, even if you disagree with him, you, you can't help, but see his insights. Even if you disagree with them, um, he's entertaining for sure, but he's very insightful and, and he's smart and he's well-informed and he's been well-educated and, and so on. So I, I, it's making a lot of waves that a lot of people are talking about it. We'll see where it goes. And a lot of people just want to get into the conversation and be a part of it and get published in various news. I mean, people that aren't maybe getting as much attention as they want, they jump in and they have an opinion and you know how that works. That's human nature. But anyway, it is a big discussion that's going. The one thing that people are stumbling over is even though Fox was sued and, and everybody's aware of that over comments made by people including including Carlson um, about the the rigged election uh, the last presidential election and that that's something you can't say out loud in our culture because if you do somebody's going to step on you and they're going to step hard because they have decided that there was no um, rigged part of the election, this last presidential election. And if you think otherwise, you'll be punished if you have a voice and influence. And if you don't, you'll probably be shunned by some friends because that's where we are on that. That is not something that you're allowed to talk about in this great nation of free speech. That doesn't qualify. You can't talk about that now without getting repercussions. So I think that was part of what this was about because Tucker did talk about it and he ran that video. I mentioned it on this program a video of those guys in, inside the Capitol on January 6th and all, and I'm not going to rehearse that, but but we talked about it and you've probably seen it. And there was a, a, another side to all of that that wasn't exactly what Liz Cheney and her Democrat cohorts put out, you know, on the networks, several editions of it, highly produced, so-called informational video. So, All of that, I'm sure, is at play in this as well. But nonetheless, Tucker will probably not become silent for very long. He will probably move on. I hope he does. I have never met him, but I like him. I like his spirit. Even on some things that I don't necessarily agree with him on, I have been very impressed with the way he presents himself and the way he presents his views And they are well thought out in every case. Well, President Biden, he did what he said he would do. That's surprising in some respects. President Biden announced his reelection bid this morning. He said he was going to. I honestly didn't know if he really would or not. I don't know why. I just have become accustomed to the fact that he often says one thing and does something very different. But he said he's making freedom the focus of his... New presidency, the second term. He said, when I ran for president four years ago, I said, we're in the battle for the soul of America, and we still are. President Biden said this morning on a video, it's about, I think it's about three minutes long. He said, the, the question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer rights. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Well, he, you know, he spoke about Americans are a good and decent people, and he denounced mega extremists. On the one hand, he was saying he wants to unify us and bring us together and that most Americans are good people. He was certainly isolating anybody that supports Trump, uh, calling them, identifying them as mega, mega people. And, um, he said they're the problem, and he's running against that. He wants to unify America away from this mega problem. He said they're extremists. He said they are cutting Social Security that you've paid for your entire life. They're cutting taxes for the very wealthy, dictating what health care decisions women can make, um, banning books, telling people, who they can love that's about the lgbtq thing that he has embraced maybe too much it causes one to wonder anyway uh he said telling people they they who they can love and all of this he said is making it more difficult uh for people to vote i don't know how to tie all those things together but he did and he says that's what the problem is and that's what mega extremists are doing to this nation and he's running one more time to finish the job that he started. I think we should pray desperately and earnestly that he does not have the opportunity to finish the job he has started. Because he has undercut and attacked every single institution in America. And his, he continues to march down that path with the full force of the president's office in his hands. His authority is almost unlimited the way it's going because he's not held accountable for anything he does or says. He says things that are absolutely not true. And everybody knows it. And there's no consequences. The press won't speak up. Other people that would speak up can't. They don't have the opportunity. And in the case of Tucker Carlson, I suppose, if you do, you get fired or removed or dismissed or thank for your service, or whatever. So in his announcement, he's calling on Americans to give him another four years to finish the job of defending democracy and standing up for personal freedom and the right to vote and civil rights. Well, we have a right to vote. What he's referring to there, I think, is the fact that there are some people saying that, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing if we had some kind of identification, so when you vote, they can Verify that you are who you're supposed to be. But oh no, they don't want that. He concludes with this quote, President Biden, because this is the United States of America and there's nothing, simply nothing, we cannot do if we do it together. I found it interesting. Associated Press did a long article on it. I won't even try to summarize it for you. It was, it was favorable because they support him, of course. But ahead of the president's announcement, uh, First Lady Jill Biden, she, she told the Associated Press, one of the reporters, she, she said she just has disbelief at the persistent questions about her husband's intent to run. She said, for months I've been telling people, well, y- yeah, he says he's going to run. And so she told the Associated Press this morning, she said, how many times does he have to say say it for you to believe it? He says, he's not done. And she was very kind of curt about it. Well, I think if if she knew how many times or was aware of how many times he's said one thing and done something else, Perhaps she would not have been so indignant. I don't know. But that's a couple of things that are happening in our news as we speak this morning. We'll be talking about, of course, about the presidential uh, election and race very soon and probably often over the next few months. We need to pray that God will direct this nation and that God will help us as a nation to discover his will and see that it happens in this next election cycle. I want to take a moment to thank you for your support. Our budget is met solely by the people who listen to and approve of and support this ministry. Thank you. We need you. We need your support. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Do you know who the happiest people on this in this country are the happiest people in America are the people who value religious belief much more than unhappy people do it's a new poll out the Wall Street Journal and, and, and NORC they're a polling company that's been in business for a long time they did this poll and in the poll the number found the number of very happy Americans is in steep decline it's dropping by a striking 19.6% over the past year but those who are very happy share some common traits they found in this in this uh, poll the traits are a religious belief and practice not christian but just religious I I looked carefully because I I thought, are they talking about Christian? Because if you talk about religion in America, generally you're referring to or you're sampling Christians because there are a lot of Christians in America, as we know. I want to be happy, and I want you to be happy. That's why I told you about this poll. So if you think if religion and, and religious practice is important to you, you're a happy person. You may be a very happy person. That makes me happy to know that people that serve religion and are involved in religion are happy. But is that enough for these most difficult times? These are times that try our souls. President Biden has got it half right. There is a battle for the soul of America. I don't think he's on the winning side, and the reason I don't think that has nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with a biblical worldview. He does not hold one. He can tell the nation as many times as he wants that he is a devout Christian, a devout Catholic. He's not that. The Catholic Church always responds when he says that publicly to the world and to our nation. They say, no, you're not. And they ask him to stop making those statements. They ask him to stop advancing all of this nonsense on this LGBTQ, XI, blah, blah, blah. They ask him to stop promoting abortion. He said, you are not a devout Catholic. You're not even adhering to the teachings of the church. So important, religious beliefs and religious practices are very important. The poll finds that very happy Americans is in steep decline, as I said, 19.6%. While less than half of the U.S. adults say belief in God is important, the number jumps significantly among those who describe themselves as very happy. The poll finds that two-thirds of this group describe themselves as very or moderately religious. So the connection is made by the Wall Street Journal. But things have changed. The share of Americans calling themselves very happy, this poll reveals, has fallen to just 12% in 2023. So Religion used to make us happy. Now it's not making us so happy. That's what I took from it. They didn't. They had a very a little bit different spin on it, but it is true. I mean, that does reveal that. They've been taking this poll. NORC has been their general social survey. That's what they call it. They've been doing this since 1972. But according to the poll, it was conducted March 1 through 13. So it's very recent. It's within a month or a little more than a month. There were large majorities of Americans feeling pessimistic about the economy and prospects to the next generation. They're saying, wow, my my kids, my grandkids are going to grow up in a generation that that I, I didn't know. I've had those thoughts. I bet you have too. Most of us have. And that is draining the happiness from a lot of people who are religiously inclined. 68% of this group declaring belief in God say that it's very important to them. By contrast, the people who never were happy in the first place, fewer than half, 42% say faith in God is very important to them. Along with belief in God, the very happy overwhelmingly value strong relationships. And about 67% say marriage is very important to them, Independent of their own marital status, even if they're divorced and have had a bad marriage, they still say marriage is very important. And they're talking about a man and a woman. So all of this makes me happy. I mean, I mean I'm glad there's a thread of, of that they've discovered and revealed there nationally. The Wall Street Journal has published this. I'm glad they found that thread that people that, that lean toward religion are happier particularly Christianity, I would guess, from their sampling. But happiness is very fleeting and very transitory. I want to be happy. I want all of you who listen to this program to be happy. Jim Dennison wrote an article yesterday. He said, quote, Elon Musk recently tweeted, violent crime in San Francisco is horrific. A responding headline in the Sunday Los Angeles Times, they read his story and it caught his eye. And here's what it said. The, the, the responsive story in the Los Angeles Times of Elon Musk saying that San Francisco is horrific was this, and I quote, Sorry, San Francisco is not the crime-ridden hellhole. The far right claims it, it is. Well, Elon Musk is not far Right. <laughs> I mean, excuse me, Los Angeles Times. The reason, we're told, is typified by an iconic transgender cabaret, they say, in their article. This is the LA Times now, responding to what Musk said about San Francisco. The reason, we're told, is typified by an iconic transgender cabaret named Asia SF, San Francisco. The writer admits that San Francisco is plagued by what she calls its tech bust and a crisis of addiction and anti-Asian hate crimes, and overall lack of safety. I would say that pretty well describes the city. However, she cites one of the owners of Asia, San Francisco, who calls San Francisco the beacon of hope for so many people. In his view, no matter who you are, you have to find your truth and live in your own truth. That is the summation of where we are in our culture today. They look at these cities that have become a cesspool and they identify them as a beacon of light. And it's a beacon of light, not because there are thousands of people camped on the streets and human feces all over the sidewalks and all the stuff. We, we all know what's happening. We've seen it or we've seen the pictures. It's in all, all the major leftist cities in America. So they have now identified this as a beacon of hope. Because you could do what you want to do and you can stand in your own truth. Therein is the problem that we have in our culture today. Aspirin won't cure a broken leg. And we keep taking these aspirins hoping for some kind of a major transformation of our body, our legs, or whatever. Oprah, Obama, and a number of others have been encouraging millions of the millions of people who follow them to stand in your own truth when cornered. Do you believe Jesus is the only way to God? Both Obama and Oprah and others like them. They're very influential. They said, well, I believe in Jesus, but I think other people, they too can come to God through their own belief. There are many paths to God. Well, that is strikes at the very heart of Christianity, and it strikes at the very heart of civilization. America has prospered because of Christianity and the values whether you are a Christian or not. And that is what has brought hope to millions and millions of people. Not happiness, but hope. There's a lot of difference between the two. Religions are not all the same any more than medicines are all the same. Aspirin for a headache will not cure a broken leg. Clearly, belief in God is not enough. The Roman Greco-Roman world was highly religious. Paul talks about that in the book of Acts, Acts 17.22, I think it is. But they treated women as possessions. They threw their unwanted babies out with the trash. They engaged in sexual activities too horrific to describe. Psalm 18 is a model for joy. I'd like to leave you with this today. Happiness and joy are different. Happiness is a response to something. Joy is the abiding presence of God in our hearts. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Psalm 18 models as transforming faith in the one true God. David says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Notice that he calls God not the God or even our God. He calls God, my God. It's that personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, that heals a nation. It heals a culture. It cleans up a city, changes lives, and it changes the personal life and forgives us of our sins. And we don't stand in our own truth. We stand in the power of God in his truth. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow.